Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. See, the thing unlike his first coming, not many people knew that God had touched the face of the earth when he came as a little child. But upon his second coming, there will be no mistaking that this is the one through whom all things were made. No one will be wondering, is this him? For everyone will know. Jesus continues, Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. On that day, the last day, there will only be one side or the other. The world likes us to think in terms of shades of gray, but on the last day, there will only be those who are with him and those who are not. If you are a sheep, you will be at Jesus' right hand. If you are as a goat, you will be placed on Jesus' left hand. No one will be left out. Each and every one of us will be separated on that day. Jesus continues, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. To people, to the people on the right, God will open the gates of heaven. He said that this place was prepared for them before the foundation of the world. That means before God said, let there be light. This plan, this place was in progress. The Bible says in the book of Colossians that all things were created through him, through Jesus, and all things were created for him. And what does he do with all that he has? Well, in John chapter 13, we get a really good hint. That altarpiece is from, uh, takes, it's the depiction of on the night when Jesus was betrayed. And on that night, he also washed the disciples' feet. The Bible says in John 13 that knowing that all things were in his hands, he got up from the table, took off his outer garment, wrapped a linen around his waist, got a bowl of water, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. So what does God do with all that is his? He desires to serve his people with it. That's even what we call our worship services. We call them divine service. It's not what we are doing for God, but what he desires to do for you.
Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirst and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? The amazing thing about these people, I often like, I often like jokingly say about Matthew 25, that if he was going to give me heaven, I wouldn't stop him. But these guys, they end up saying, I don't remember doing one good thing. I don't remember serving you. I don't remember doing these things. The people who will be going into heaven on the last day will recognize, I don't deserve heaven. This is not how it will be on the last day, but if it was this way, it would be as if God were saying, why should I let you into my heaven? The people on his right will say, you shouldn't. I don't deserve a second in your heaven. I deserve nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. But... I pray of you and your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. That is why you should let me into heaven. Not because of the good in me, but because of the good that was done to me by your Son, Jesus Jesus said that if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. And the people on his right, they did do good works, but they didn't recognize them. All they knew is that they were abiding in the vine. They were only branches. And as they abided in the vine, good works happened. Work, good works that they weren't even aware of. And this fruit that the sheep bore, it was actually Jesus working through his body, the church. They did not know they were doing good. They only knew that good had been done to them. But Jesus lets them know on the last day, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Every action that we do through faith in Jesus, it is good, it is lasting. Our main concern is to stay close to God by remaining in his word and by receiving his gifts the good works that we're not even aware of will flow from our faith. And on the last day, we will receive the kingdom that was prepared for us from before the foundation of the world. That's a beautiful thing. But after Jesus deals with the children of the Heavenly Father, 
those who had been washed in the blood of the Lamb in the waters of baptism, those who had continually received the supper, the body and blood of Christ, for their forgiveness. After he deals with them, he will have to deal with those outside of the family. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. There are some things that are to be noticed about what Jesus says here. The very first thing that we can notice is that hell was not prepared for people. The Bible says that Jesus, God, desires that all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Jesus died for each and every person. If a person thinks, oh, well, he wouldn't want me, he wouldn't want me back. I don't don't know if you've ever gone to a place where you think, there's no way that God would want me back. I have. But just look at the cross. That cross proves that he wants you. The Bible says that you were purchased at a price. And that price was God's son. He is more valuable than billions of dollars. He is more valuable than nations, than worlds. And that's the price that was paid for you. He desires that you would be at his right, that you would receive his good gifts. But he does not force himself on anybody. And that is why there are people that will be going to the place that was made for the devil and his angels. You see, you see, people are everlasting. They don't stop. They were meant to be eternal beings. And we will live eternally either with God or apart from him. Now we may think, well, there's lots of people that don't believe in Jesus that do good works. That's true. There's people that do lots of good things. But Christ says that no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That means eternally. John 6.27 says, Do not work for food that will perish, but for food that endures to everlasting life. And the only things that will not perish are those in God's Son. But those being cast out, they will object. They will say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? And so on. 
In other words, these people will be trying to justify themselves. If we knew it was you, we would have done good. The funny thing is, the first group, they were told that they did good works. And they said, no, we didn't. The second group was told that they didn't do good works. And how did they respond? We did. We would have. In other words, they will be trying to justify themselves by their works, by the law. Not as this group, whose only justification is seen in the blood of the Lamb. Our prayer is that no one, no one would try to stand before God by their own merits. But rather, that each and every person would wholly lean on Jesus' name. Until the last day that we read about here tonight, Jesus is actively seeking each and every person who would believe in him Everyone here, everyone here was lost until Jesus found us and rescued us. He is like a strong swimmer going into an ocean where no one could be saved. And he is trying to pull us out. We just want to submit. We want to stop. We want to allow him to pull us to shore and not try to beat him off. Because he will let go. As we said, he does not force himself on anybody. Jesus says, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and I will seek them out. I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. What I absolutely love about that Ezekiel passage, all the action verbs our God himself. He's coming to get you. He's taking care of you once he finds you. He's bringing you home. He's constantly seeking to save the lost and each and every day, each and every day, I know at least I can say, I confess, I have sinned. In my thoughts, in my words, I've sinned by the things I've done. You're going to have to heal this wound as well, Jesus. And he lets us know here, he is actively doing it and actively desires to do so. He wants to strengthen your faith this evening that the fruit of your good works would be ever more ripe and healthy for the last day. That you, even you, 
would be loving your neighbor as yourself because he first loved you. God desires nothing more than to give you the kingdom that he himself prepared before the foundation of the world. And now until that day, when our Lord returns, may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in him until he brings you home. Amen.